Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Too Much Soul with your girl Cindy. And on today's episode, we have Pastor Ray King coming to bring us a word from the Lord. Pastor Ray King, hello. How are you doing today, Pastor? I'm great. I'm great. How about yourself? (laughs) I'm doing well. It's so crazy. Like, Right. Um, I can't wait to start this conversation to see when all of this transition happened. It was like, right. um, you know, just <laughs> watching you and your journey. Um, I've seen some videos or you talking about just your journey to spirituality. Uh, yeah. Then it was like you started doing the clubhouse, almost like. Um, oh, yeah. Bible studies. And then it turned mm-hmm. into like helping the homeless. And then all of a sudden, I see you at the pulpit preaching <laughs> at a church, pastor. And I was like, I mean, which I knew was coming, but I was just like, wow, when did this happen? Um, and then just watching some snippets, I was like, oh my gosh, and he's funny too. I was, you know, so it's just, I can see how it's relatable to people. So we'll get into all that. Right. Um, but now I just, you know, if you could just kind of share with everyone a little bit about yourself and um, your spiritual journey, how you've gotten to where you are. Um, yeah. And I think now you're the pastor of Victory. Is that the one off of Windy Hill Road? No, the, the Victory that you're seeing is, um, it's, well, it's two locations, but that's actually the Victory in Chicago that you're seeing. <gasps> I'm in Chicago. Yeah, that's you Smoking North. Yes, oh I'm my actually. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smoking Norfolk. <laughs> what? Oh, yes. my, okay. Well, great. So I'm just going to be quiet because uh, <laughs> I see how I've done keeping up with you, you know, as a quote unquote friend, I, I guess. So interesting. Okay. So I will be quiet now. So you can just kind of share like uh, your journey and how you've gotten to where you're at now. <laughs> that's funny. Well, um, and, and, and you know, and, and just to follow up on that, um, there are there are several victories, and so a lot of people think that the victory is the victory that's in Atlanta because it's a mega church yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, and it and it's a. Did you um, tell people you moved? No, I just moved, and then victory oh, popped up. Okay, on the well then I'm just going to blame that on you then. <laughs> right, Not right. Me. I'll take the blame. <laughs> You're a bad right. friend. That's just right. kidding. Right. Just kidding. I wouldn't <laughs> tell that to a pastor. I appreciate that. I forgive you. <laughs> well, um, it's not a whole lot about me. I'm just a regular person. And um, the calling that's on my life is is really God. It's really, really like I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be a pastor. That was far from my mind. I mean, in college, I was the party guy. I was my line name. I'm a Kappa was disco. So that just lets you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you were getting I, it I, in. Oh man, I was the bankhead bounce champ, you know. Oh so. <laughs> my goodness! See, those are always the ones that turn into the pastors. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, look at God's disciples. That's what I always oh, say. Oh, off the chain. Yeah, they were off, off the, the chain. chain, Peter, yeah. my boy Peter. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's um, I think that that you know, just my journey. You know, I've been a football player to Alabama and getting injured. You know, it's just been a 
you know, everybody has aspirations to go pro, but when you don't, what's next, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, and for me, I think that my journey, God just kind of turned it, you know, he got a hold to me and everywhere I would go. If I go to a club and talk to a young lady, she started talking to me about God. And I'm like, wait, hey, hey, I didn't come here for that. Wait. <laughs> and so I realized he was calling me. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So you would be in the club talking about mm-hmm. the Lord. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I recall you talking about something happening after college before yeah. um, that oh, kind of helped to lead you into your um, spiritual journey. Oh, yeah. The, well, the, the one the, one of the big things that affected me is when, when I got injured as a, as a football player, I started selling drugs. And, you know, that was my way of still staying, you know, relevant because when they stop calling your name, you don't know what to do at 20. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not. And, and it, no one has a handbook for how to not be popular. And so you lose. Um, it, it, it's in relation to a lot of things you said in your book and talking about identity. You know, mm-hmm. it was. I, I lost my identity, you know, you know, and so um, I tried to find my identity with money. So if I have money, I can find myself. And so what I found out was people will betray you um, mm. and that um, the only person you really have in your corner is God and your family. And so I, next thing I know, they were kicking in my door, helicopters and and suburbans. And um, they were snatching me on the ground and hauling me off to, to jail. And in an hour everything in my life changed in one yeah. hour. And was that time like a time of reflection for you that kind of led to that transition? Well, it, it's, it's also like what you, what you spoke about with your family, my mother and my father, they weren't, you know, we went to church every Sunday. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But like most high school kids and college kids, I just go because I'm like, I'm supposed to, I didn't really know who Jesus was. It was just, I'm here and uh, we do this. This is what we do every Sunday. But mm-hmm. when I got to college, I still had a reference of God. So I would, believe it or not, I would tithe my drug money 10%. Wow. <laughs> yep. Every Sunday, wow. I put 10% in the tray. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they were like, what in the world is this wad of money doing in this tray? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I had a reference of God. I just didn't know who he was just yeah. from the videos that I've seen, it's, it's absolutely a gift for you. Like it, you could just tell it's very natural for you. So Thank like, you. when did you, what was your turning point where you were like, okay, this is what I've been called to do. This is what I'm going to do. I think that it started off the stage. You know, I noticed that I was beginning to get more and more phone calls from people at telling me about the secrets of their lives and things that they were going through and it was not just my inner circle. It was just people in passing. They would just randomly call me and say, hey, either God told me to call you. I have nobody to talk to. And I and I just need to share this. Or I don't trust anybody. And they would just start telling me all of the things going on with them. And while they were telling me, my compassion for them would be so strong. And then God would just start speaking. And I believe that it began to be a more of a wisdom thing. I don't know. I just know God was giving me wisdom in the moments. I would just speak into people's lives or or I walk past somebody and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would just tell me. And now this is me not really knowing it, God like I know him today. Mm-hmm. But he would just mm-hmm. tell me who the person and what they're going through. And I would just say, hey. And I would wow. just start talking to them. Yeah. And so 
I, I began to realize that he was doing something with me, but I didn't want to, you know, honestly, to tell you the truth, I didn't want to give up my life, man. I Nope, I like girls. I like women. So I didn't want to give that up. I didn't want to stop going love to the club. It's like, uh-uh. I love the ladies. It's like, no, mm-mm. And, you know, that comes with abstinence and celibacy. You were like, listen, and, I and, will mm-mm. preach to them in the club, God. Yeah. Like, can that be our deal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save the strippers. And, uh, you know, this, uh, but no, Mm-mm. but he began to move things out my life. No matter, even if I didn't move them, he would move them. And That's so awesome. yeah. I began. Yeah. Yeah. And when God puts something on your heart, he will make it so heavy where it's like you cannot avoid it or challenge it. Like it's just like in no. your face where you're like, right. all right, this is it. Let's go. Yeah. 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 I kind of got tired of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, all right, I surrender. Here we go. Yeah. Are there certain styles of preaching? Because, um, like I said, like you bring so much humor and relatability right. to your sermons that um, yeah. I feel like you don't often get with a lot of preachers. So, right. um, what kind of led you to finding your style of preaching? Well, one thing that God and I have. Uh, or like a common understanding that we have, and one that I just had to, I had to come to grips with. That God doesn't, if he, if he's going to use you, he's not asking you to be Joe Osteen. He's not asking me to be T.D. Jakes, you know, or Smokey Norfolk. God's using me the way I am, and that was the deal. I'm a funny person. I crack jokes. I love life, and I speak truth, yeah. and I'm transparent. I'm genuine, awesome. and I'm the, I'm your best friend. And you know, I'm your best. You can call me at three in the morning, and I'm going to wake up and answer the phone. I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. Male or female. And so yeah. um, that translates um, into when I preach. Um, I talk to people the way that I've seen. And most of the things I talk about, I've been through, or I speak to it the way you are in the situation. I don't speak at you and I don't speak around it or to the ending of what it looks like. I speak about what it looks like in the moment when your hands are on the steering wheel, when you're about to lose your mind, and when you don't want to go back in that job again, when you don't have enough money in your bank account. I speak about that and I articulate that feeling in the messages so that if you never understood where God was, let's get in the moment. And there he is right there. Yeah, that's yeah. my stuff. I think, I think that's a great point because I believe that whatever people choose to do, That what kind of leads to greatness and people feeling connected to you is authenticity. And so I think that's great that you said like, you know, I'm not going to be, and I'm not, you know, Joel Olstein, a T.D. Jakes, Mm -hmm. a Smokey Norville, like you are Mm -hmm. Ray King um, and you're bringing your best self to um, what it is you're communicating and how you're deciding to be, a pastor mm-hmm. and what that looks like as far as how you're able to help people through your experiences and your authenticity. So I think that's great. I was going to ask you now that, you know, we're in this quarantine life, it's like COVID, like we've never gone through a pandemic like this before. I would have never imagined a situation like this. And I'm sure you probably hear it all the time or get asked all the time, like, What do you think, you know, this is as far as like God's will and his purpose um, with this situation? What do you usually tell people? Like if there is a reason that you feel um, that this is happening. 
Well, I, I, I think that um, there, there are several different ways, depends on who I'm talking to, determines on how I deliver it. But overall, I think that God is taking a snapshot right now, kind of like a photograph of the world. I think that what's happening is there are two gods. There's a, there's a love of money. That's one God, mammon. And then there's God. And I think that what you're seeing is those who love money more than people, because the Bible says, how can you say you, you hate, you love me if you hate your brother? or love thy brother as thyself. So there are two gods in this world, all right? There's little God, love of money, and big God, God. And I think that what is, what's happening is there's a fork in the road, and those who don't preserve the life of human beings over their position, their entitlement, their money, their, mm. their purpose of what they money want. Money over morals. Yep, there it is. Yeah. And you see them stepping up, and you see them, they're anxious to, to crank it back up, even if it costs a life. And I think this is not about prosperity. This is about making the right choice so I'll know what team you're on. And so I think that's kind of what God is doing. You're seeing that. Like just exposing. Yeah. It's top heavy with the love of, of money. It's top heavy, it's, you know, and so I think he's resetting this thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with the whole reset. Like, um, not just with money, but just with a lot of things like, um, yeah. you know, being able to see like what is really a value, what is really necessity. Like, you know, we, especially as Americans, tend to overindulge. Um, yeah. And now it's like we're seeing, you know, the value and just the simplicity of yeah. what it is that we have. So um, I, I've loved it. I've I've appreciated it. Um, I know it's really made me, you know, think about a lot of things during this time and also, you know, kind of help to strengthen my relationship with God. And so, um, like for, for me during this time, you know, I didn't want it to be about me and like, oh God, help get me through this and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't get out and go to a restaurant and like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, what was me? Right, but, right. you know, my prayer when this first started was um, and I, I'm very simple when it comes to my prayers. But um, I was just like, just let me hear from you. I feel like this is a time where you are trying to stop me from just my busyness and you want me to hear from you. So what do you what is it that you want me to hear and know? Um, and so I guess for yourself, what have, what, if anything, have you learned during this time? Um, well, for me, it's been a blessing, like what you said, because I'm more of a homebody. I'm an extrovert introvert. So, Mm. uh, (laughs) when I'm out, I'm out, but, but when I'm not having to be out, what's not required, I'm inside, you know? And so it's given me a lot of time to reflect and really see what God is saying to me and to the world. And um, and then clean up some things, perfect some things, work on some budgets some finances, call some people and tell them I love them and just really mm-hmm. center myself because we can get so busy and forget our purpose and we're just doing yeah. things, yeah. you know. So, yeah, it's been a recentering for me because, I mean, I'm sure there are some people, too, during this time or even before this time, you know, that. Um, either had a connection with God or want a connection with God. What typically gets in the way with feeling that connection? Um, I think for a lot of us, there is a need to feel something 
um, instead of knowing something. Faith is not about feeling uh, it's happening. It's about knowing that it's happening. And so I think that this is a great time for people to to revisit the difference between worldly understanding and godly understanding. God is a God of, you say it, I believe it, you trust in me, it'll happen, maybe not in your time, but it will. And I think that mm-hmm. a lot of times we have um, given God a, a, a time of expectation. If you don't do it mm-hmm. in eight minutes. A timeline, yeah. A t- yeah, or this way, you got to do it this way. And the Bible says, you know, in Isaiah 55, I want to say it's 55 and eight, it says my ways are not your ways, uh, my thoughts mm-hmm. are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth are my ways higher than your ways. And so I don't think we remember sometimes that there's an adversary out there who thinks he knows the playbook. So God reinvents a way to do things in your life to keep you from having to deal with the enemy face to face. He takes you the back way, the long way so that he can reconnect with you, you know. And so Mm -hmm. I just think that spending time with him and being intentional about your relationship with God. That's the, that's the thing we have to do, whatever that is. Yeah. I'll just say personally for myself, whenever I've asked God, like, okay, this is what I want to happen. And, you know, bless me with this and da da da. Like <laughs> it just, ne- that never works. And so it was, right. it was like, you know, as I've matured, I've learned to, to just pray, you know, God, your will, God have right. your way. Um, and just, you know, elevate me to the highest, um, vision that you have for me. Like, what is your vision? What is your plan? Um, and I've learned when I've, um, kind of acquiesced that to God that sometimes, you know, I have these visions, but whatever he has decide, decided to bless me with and how he's decided to bless me with certain opportunities, has been far better than anything I could have ever imagined. Um, So I've just had to learn to lean in trust in, in God and his vision for myself and not necessarily what it is that, that I want. Cause sometimes, you know, like just being human, like there's a lot of error in my judgment and you know, the way that I look at and think about things. Um, So that that's kind of been, you know, how I've shifted, like, my prayers and, and, you know, my reliance on God. So when it comes to, Oh, thank you from the pastor. Thank you, pastor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So when we are connected, Mm -hmm. how do we stay the course? Um, Because there's so much in the world to distract us. Like maybe not so much right now, uh, Mm -hmm. but I mean, there's always a distraction waiting right around the corner. Um, But let's just say, you know, like some people during quarantine, they have developed a stronger, better relationship with God. Then the world opens back up. What what advice would you give to people? Well, I think it's kind of like, that's a good question, too. That's a great question. Um, I think it's, you know, thank you. you. (laughs) I think that. It is, um, it's, it's, it's twofold. One is, it's, it's kind of like when you first get saved, you know, when you, when you first get saved, you, uh, you kind of try to isolate yourself for some things to try to learn what this salvation thing is like. And, you know, once you leave the church today and you just confess Jesus as your Lord and savior or wherever you have done it, that those things are still waiting for you out there. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a form of discipline and you have to have a purpose. You know, 
Um, a lot of people get saved when they finally hit rock bottom. And that's uh, that helps them to be able to say, I don't want this anymore. I want something different. And so they have a reason and a purpose for why they will resist certain things. You know, and then some people, they just get caught up in the moment and they say, I won't change. But their heart is not really saying that. So I'm thinking now is the time for those of us who ha- are not babes in Christ anymore or who have already said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. This is your second stage. This is not kindergarten. This is like second or third grade for that person who's not as spiritually mature. They don't get the kindergarten pass where they go down the hallway and go to the bathroom when they want to and they don't understand structure yet. This is for the third, fourth, fifth grader, 10th grader. You have to be at a point where you say, what do I want in life? Do I want it to continue like it's been? Because purpose and destiny, you can almost see the things that you can and cannot do to arrive at a destination. Like if I want to go to Atlanta, I can't take a flight to to Switzerland. You know what I mean? Atlanta's right over here. I need to be able to understand what it is that God is telling me. What do I want? And then I have to be really, really sensible about if it's a relationship. If this relationship standing in between you and God, you can't expect God to bless this thing that you know is not right. You understand? You have to be realistic with yourself. If if you are I'm making something up, if you want things to change and this isolation time has shown you those things, then don't go back and pick those things up. You, you understand? Well, let me let me ask you something in regards to that. Like, right. I think for a lot of people, it's hard for them to decipher between God's will and their right. own will, right? Mm. Like they get so attached mm. to these things that don't really serve them. So how do you make that distinction? Well, um, I think that sometimes we have to take ownership on our wants versus our needs. So I want this relationship. I want this house. I want this car. Okay. What do you need in this time frame? I need to work on myself. (laughs) So I need to be content with what God has already blessed me with because I prayed for this apartment. I need, you, you know, you have to kind of, separate wants from needs in order to understand, okay, where is God in it? Is God in this want or is he in this need? Because God wants you to be blessed. Now don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants you to be successful. Nobody is rooting for you more than him. I think we have to be just honest with ourselves because there is a get over spirit that exists where people like to say that I'm doing being my best self, but you're lying to yourself and you know it. And generally the people who know you the best call you out. So you don't hang Mm -hmm. with those people. You hang with those who accept what you do. Yeah. 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 Mm. So check your circle, check your circle. If you want to change, check your circle, check yourself people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what is the biggest thing that you've learned on your uh, spiritual journey? I learned that people respect people. In other words, if I want to witness to somebody, I start off with my imperfections and what God is doing with me. Mm. You know, I I have learned that you can't force anybody. Yeah, they respect real, man. I I sit there. I don't have a problem to, hey, I was in prison at 25. So, Mm -hmm. but I don't use it as a false, it's false humility. Like I don't go in there trying to beat you down because I got a war story bigger than yours. Mm-hmm. We don't do that now, but mm-hmm. I use whatever tool the Bible says, become all things to all men in order that you may lead them to Christ. 
So mm-hmm. everything in my in my tool shed is fair game if it's going to get you closer to God. And I'm okay with telling you and walking away because it's not my job to convert you. I delivered the message. I was vulnerable. And I've learned that people do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you have any fear or like what do you say to people that expect like a pastor to be perfect? And do you think a pastor should be perfect? First of all, there are no perfect pastors. Yeah. And there's no one in the Bible perfect except for Jesus. And so mm-hmm. I just start down the list with Moses being, a, you know, a stutterer and 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 I, I just go all the way down the list with not not, you know, showing people that no one that you subscribe to that maybe you haven't studied them is someone who tells the truth or who's someone who has been perfect. God has used all these messed up people. Mm-hmm. You got an anger problem with Peter. <clears throat> you got yeah, off. Pete, Peter, that's my boy. I relate to Peter the most. Off the chain. And, <laughs> and then, you know, off the chain. quick with it. Like, hey, you're not touching Jesus. Hey, did you hear me? Let me get that ear. You know? <laughs> so Let me get that know, ear. Let me get that ear. Let me get that ear. Yeah, let me your ear. Let me get your ear for a second. Let me talk to you. You know, you're in elementary or house, in, in high school. Somebody said, hey, let me talk to you for a second. That means they're about to punch you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that people who think that pastors are supposed to be perfect don't understand how they got to where they are. God takes imperfect people. Saul was killing Christians. He made him, he turned him into Paul. You know, so you, you have to understand. Um, let's talk about, I mean, you can go down the Bible. You can go on and on and on with imperfect people. You know, Moses, he strikes the rock instead of speaking to it because he had an anger problem. So he doesn't go into the promised land. I mean, show me a perfect person, or a perfect prophet. We got Elijah running from Jezebel. You know, what? Come on, man. That darn Jezebel, boy. Ooh, she's something else. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw her last week rocking around here. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you see yourself doing or you know what else has God placed in your heart because I've just witnessed so much transition um right. in your life so I mean right. I just don't see this just being it Well honestly um I'm not I I never saw myself as much as a, of a pulpit pastor as a traveling like more of a Joyce Myers you know going and speaking to people around the country around the world um, place to place, you know, having um, auditoriums full of people with books. Oh, uh, yeah. That's more of my style, but, mm-hmm. you know, but I um, I do plan to write books. I have several books on deck, on my, some I'm working on, been working okay. on, never finished, I need to finish. You know how that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I'm big on, I went through a terrible divorce and a horrible custody battle, which is Custody battle is ongoing. It's like 10, 10 12 years strong. And it's wow. just, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a book. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. You're like, that's a whole, yeah, 10 years yeah. of content. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a book. <laughs> yeah, that's a book. You know, um, single dads. I have an um, affinity for single dads because I know what it's like to be in yeah. a courtroom with all your ducks in a row and get talked down to like you three fifths a person. And so that's going to be a book. So, you know, about a couple of books in me. Yeah. yeah. Well, what mm-hmm. do you say to single dads since they kind of have a special place in your heart? 
Um, <clears throat> I say to them that there is no perfect formula. It's going to take a lot of, it's going to take a single dad being a real dad to cycle through this process. You're going to have to really love, love your child more than yourself at times. You're going to have to lose to win. And um, just know that the biggest thing is you're not alone. When you go in a courtroom by yourself and they mistreat you or talk down to you or don't want to hear your side of it, just know that you're not the only one and it is being witnessed. Tell us about <laughs> a too much soul moment that you've had recently that gives you all the good feels. This is something I ask all my guests. It's the too much soul moment that I've had that gives me all the good feels. Let's see. Well, for me, let me say this first. Um, when you were talking about the bullying and the identity, you know, in your that that really stuck out to me. Let me say that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And oh, that, my book. Yeah, when you yeah. When, when you spoke about that, that really, really um, stood out to me because that took me to a place of prison. That that really mm-hmm. that that and I I think indirectly to your question. <clears throat> that that took me to a place where I just it, it's one thing to to try to find your identity not knowing it from the beginning forward it's another to lose it and then try to regain it absolutely you, yeah it it just did something to me like as I listened to you and I was thinking to myself oh my gosh I feel like for the first time I felt like I wasn't in my own country for the first time I felt like I was not being seen for who I really was. I I mean, racism exists, but you kind of get used to it. But when you go into the Department of Corrections, DOC, and they strip you down and put a DOC tag on your back, you become a number, 210249. That was my number. That's who I was. No more football. You know, your mom can't talk to you. You know, it's, it, for me, that really just transcended um me into really relating with you on this is how she felt my biggest relation to to what you wrote in your book overall is um speaking about identity speaking about not existing people walking past you people speaking about you as they pass by making comments and unprovoked uh, Mm -hmm. making you feel like you can't relate and so as as i come out of prison stripped i stand in front of people who knew me before who act as if they don't know me now based on a tag that I've gotten from a mistake that I have made. And it's like, what? I'm the same person. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm somebody's child. I have a mother at home. You know, what, what is going on here? And so it was like bullying. You said bullying was the biggest thing and and you learned how to cope with it. I I couldn't, I was always popular. I always had Mm -hmm. a name, identity. I didn't, I really didn't. I didn't really you know. You were like, oh. what is going on? Wait a minute. Yeah, and I, I think we often end up in like situations where, you know, like you're in one space and people know you for a certain thing. But then like, you know, depending on where God takes you, like he will just totally strip you of that to where it's like you kind of have to refigure some things out. So that yeah. that, that is interesting. Um, yeah. And then I think too, like what you said was interesting because you've never told me that before. I don't, I don't believe, but Mm -mm. I think it's interesting because your experience and my experience, like they're two totally different experiences, but the feeling is the same. Yes. And I think that, um, 
like, cause I kind of struggle with like trying to figure out how to convey, um, injustices or things that are going on with other people that don't look like them or talk like them or sound like them and how to get them to care. And I think a lot of that, you know, is what, and I'm still kind of exploring it, but like from what I've just kind of explored is, is kind of going back to what you said is like the feeling, you know, I feel like we've all felt certain feelings um, before, but the experiences were just different. So really leaning into that and, um, you know, and trying to get people to be more empathetic and more compassionate towards the things that are happening to uh, marginalized um, individuals. So, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's good. How can people stay in contact with you? Where the heck are you? Because I thought you were still here. (laughs) That's funny. I was like, what? Chicago? I get that all the time because Crazy. there are two victories and, and I was, uh, you know, the outreach minister that I had, uh, that we were doing, it's called the conversation too, by the way, it's, it's called the conversation ATL. That's, that's the minute. And it's still going on. I'm here in Chicago. They're still doing it in that's Atlanta. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that okay. would make me think I'm still there because they're still yes. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But so I have several ways I can be reached. Um, one, of course, uh, my tag on Instagram is I am Ray King seven, the number seven. I am Ray King. That's one way. And then I'm on Facebook. Um, it's again, it's I am Ray King on Facebook, just regular I am Ray King. And then um, I just started my YouTube. You know, I'm really trying to figure out how Whoa. to do this. <laughs> Whoa. Like, I'm, okay. I'm past, right, right. I'm so behind, but <laughs> so. I'm actually uploading on YouTube, so it's also uh, I am Ray King. It's one word, though, in the search okay. box, because there are a million Ray Kings, so you couldn't find me. I don't think if you just put Ray King in. And, okay. um, and, and then, of course, we have the conversation, and that's um, on Instagram. It's the conversation, ATL, and that kind of shows you the videos and what we've been doing. So, yeah. Oh, I have a website, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about this. Um <laughs> Because because the transition, when I came here, a lot of the things that I was doing for self, you know, had to stop because I'm now under a different umbrella, you know, and I work for someone and I'm the outreach pastor. So I didn't want to do my own thing under someone else's umbrella. So I had to respect that. But I am Ray King um, is uh, it kind of shows you what I've been doing. And um, yeah. You're very on brand. What about um, if someone wants to hear you preach? Like, are you, uh, do you guys have streaming services? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. um, they can go to get the victory. <laughs> I know, right? But see, I just, the advertising point I'm learning because I just do, you know? There uh, you go. <laughs> the, um, they can see me preach when, when it's my time. And it's, it's selected by pastor. But um, get at getthevictory.org get the victory.org and it's um our church here in bolingbrook or chicago we have one on the okay. south side one in bolingbrook suburbs oh. mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna help you out that's why i was like uh <laughs> you about your right, 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 right. um right. streaming so right. yeah and i'll have to check it out so yeah. i've loved the clips that i've seen so far oh thank so you awesome so if you don't mind, I would right. love for you to close us out 
with a prayer. Oh, absolutely. I would love to. I would love to. Yay. And I want to say you are doing a fantastic job. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited. And when I see oh, your stuff, thank I you. love it. Oh, it's so genuine and authentic. I'm, I'm serious now. Oh, it's it's thank real. You. And I, that's why I connected to that when you said that, because I think authenticity is key. Like, yeah. that's when I feel like I'm my best self. And that's when I feel like I connect the best to people Right, is yeah. when I'm being authentic. And I think the older I get too, it's like, um, this is it. Like, I don't, yeah. Like what you see is what you right. get. I can't pretend to be anything other than what I am. So. And you are. And that's how we met. Did you tell them how yeah. we met? You were doing sales. I think you emailed me about sales. It was something you were doing and I was, and I, um, it was where you worked at and that's how we ended up meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Small world, small yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah, and Perfect. your checks in the mail. So thanks for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Not gonna be much, but did I did I do good? Okay. Good, good. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. You ready? Ready. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the opportunity to come to you and to pray and to to lift you up. God, you are such an amazing God. You are the God, the only God. And God, we know that we can come to you as we are. We're not perfect and we don't have to use big words. We just have to be able to relate to you in a way that is common, the way you have made us. And we thank you right now. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for what you're doing with Too Much Soul. We thank you for Cindy. We thank you for just blessing her. And God, it's such an inspiration to talk to you about the things that you have brought us through and use them as testimonies to open up doors for others who are coming behind and through those same gates. God, we just ask you to continue to pour out your spirit and bless everyone who's hearing these podcasts. We ask you, God, to bless every family member during this pandemic. We are so excited about what you are doing in our lives and in the lives of others. We know Know, God, that this is just the beginning of so much more. And we lift you up and we give you the glory in advance. We just pray, God, that you continue to touch hearts and minds and that they'll be able to find you in each and every last one of these podcasts and that you will just cover Cindy and bless her and direct her, God, into whom she should place on this platform. Let your will be done. And we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I was trying not to do the church thing because, you know, like when I'm in church, I'm like, mm-hmm, amen. Oh, yeah, yes, Lord. Yes, right. Jesus. So I was trying not to do that. I, I was like, was totally refraining myself. I was like, oh, I'm going to give a wow. big old amen at the end. That was so good. Thank you Great so God. much. Amen. Well, this You're has so been welcome. awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Pastor Ray King, and you have too much soul. Ah, thank you.